Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor, FightfulMMA.com, FightfulWrestling.com. We got a little bit of it all over there at Fightful.com, UFC 242. Huge show today. Habib Nurmagomedov against Dustin Poirier to unify the UFC lightweight championship. Now, a little bit of housekeeping uh, before we get underway. As I announced on Twitter today, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, Alex Palowski moving to Wednesday nights this week, or not this week, uh, next month rather for AEW and NXT. Uh, we will uh, now be having Denise Salcedo on the Monday night podcast. I am very, very excited for that. She's done a lot of great stuff. Uh, I wanted to bring on someone that I could, I could learn from, from a broadcasting and a hosting perspective, and she is exceptional at it. So, uh, Let's go ahead and get into UFC 242. There's a ton to talk about. There was a ton that happened on this show. Let's go ahead and run through the prelims. The early prelims were not great, but boy, they hit an amazing streak. Let's go ahead and get that. um, That just ended up doing really, really well and just, just really took off. It was, it was outstanding. Make sure you guys let me know in the live chat that you guys can hear me. Uh, that way I, I don't have to redo the stream, so to speak, but UFC 242. Let me pull up my notes here. <laughs> Apologies. Somebody said Antonio Brown to the Patriot, shaking my head. And if they were lying, if they were lying, I was going to ban them from the chat. <laughs> you don't play with stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, thank you for that information. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Make sure that you guys subscribe. We had Don Madge uh, against Fares Zim. Don Madge just bored his way to a win this time. Eh, yuck. No reason for you to waste your time watching this one. Uh, good for Don Madge picking up the win and helping expand MMA's footprint in South Africa. But this one wasn't good in any way. Uh, Madge was supposed to fight Magomed Mustafaev, but he ended up getting injured and was replaced with uh, ZM. Madge is now 2-0 in the UFC. I think he broke his knuckle early in the fight. And then there was the heat. 
in the arena. Uh, they said it feels like it was 125. Woof, man. They didn't finish putting together this arena. Now, I don't know all the, the ins and outs about why the hell the arena just can't stay up. I don't know. I Quite frankly, I, I would say I don't give a shit. The last time I said I didn't give a shit about something, it was Natty uh, reading like a, a heartfelt message about her dad, and I felt bad. Trying to hit mute here. Bless myself with the cough. My God. But yeah, the heat was an issue. We saw several fighters mention it. <clears throat> How could, that's irresponsible, the UFC. And whoever uh, put that together. Uh, they, tragedy can happen. Horrible things can happen. Now I get it. People uh, do combat and military over, over there and, <laughs> In those types of temperatures all the time with a lot more gear, but man, still, <clears throat> woof. Amari Madoff also bored Zach Cummings. I was kind of surprised to not see Kraus in his corner. But then again, I've been stuck in that pro wrestling loop for a few weeks. Uh, <clears throat> Omari Madoff landed some impressive takedowns along the way. Uh, Cummings' corner at least has the urgency to tell him he's losing the fight, but it doesn't really change much. This was another fight that just wasn't very good and uh, a fight that <clears throat> I didn't really care about that much, all things considered. I mean, I usually kind of dig watching Cummings fight, but it just wasn't there for me. Akhmadov has won four, or he, I'll put it this way. He, he's unbeaten in his last five fights. Uh, he's beaten Tim Boach, Zach Cummings, Marvin Vittori, a lot of guys who fight very similar, to be honest with you. And he missed all of last year. He's supposed to fight CB Dalloway, but he got hurt. The only thing is, n I don't remember any of Akhmadov's fights since 2013 that you looked at and said, this is impressive. Uh, he, I mean, he's, he didn't finish anybody, at least. Uh, well, except for Brian Ebersol. And Brian Ebersol had a knee injury at the end of the first round, so that doesn't really count. Uh, an exceptional fighter, very good Still has a lot of growing to do. Has been in the UFC since he was like 24, 25. Zach Cummings, on the other hand, is 35. I don't know how much more growing he has to do. But a solid fighter. He's going to win two. He's going to lose one. That's just the way he does things. <clears throat> Muslim Salikov, KTFO'd Nordin Taleb. My God. This is one worth watching. Finish woke us all up. Not a lot happening until that 420 mark when Salikov obliterated Taleb with a big overhand. Taleb went stiff and Salikov looked like he was about to follow up. And I'm like, dude, no, cut it out. You, you don't need that. Like he knew that Taleb was out. Kind of looked like he just was seeing what the hell he could get away with right there. And uh, Salikov has won two out of his last three. He's two and one in the UFC. Um, he had that crazy finish against Ricky Rainey uh, like a year and a half ago, but he got right back into it. And even before then, I know that he beat Melvin Gillard, but what the hell does that mean these days? <clears throat> you look at Nordine Taleb, I had somebody saying, well, maybe Taleb's going to get cut now. I don't see that. Uh, the reason being is that Taleb is a Canadian guy. They'll throw him on those Canadian shows. He's 38. He's lost three or four. They're all by finishes. But the UFC gives people a lot longer leash these days. And it wouldn't shock me to just see him 
uh, fighting on some of those Canadian cards. Go watch this finish. Uh, my watch, don't watch results will be up right after this podcast. And I'm going to have all the highlights of the finishes that we can show at least over there. Bilal Muhammad, man, this is a guy who I have went out on, uh, not went out on a limb. It's not going out on a limb saying you don't like to watch that guy fight. He has boring fights. He did not have a boring fight today. He fought Takashi Sato, and, you know, you can say what you want about the, the level of fighters that, that Sato has beaten and all that, but um, Ben Saunders isn't quite there anymore. Nobody that he bought, beat in Pancrase was great. Hamagishi maybe was the best guy that he fought there. Sukumo was all right, but honestly, it might have been Matt Valley, the guy he beat last year. But he beat the brakes off of Ben Saunders with that left cross and ground and pound. And Bilal Muhammad is just very good, but he has been banished not just to the prelims, to the early prelims. He's beaten Randy Brown, who's pretty good. He's beaten uh, Jordan Meehan, who's pretty good. Tim Means. Uh, Chance for Encounters, even all right. Curtis Melinder's pretty good. Uh, he has now won seven of his last eight, with that one loss being to Jeff Neal earlier this year. And you got to believe the UFC was happy that Jeff Neal beat him because they could just keep him keep his boring fights on the prelims. Well, this was not boring. Uh, Bilal Muhammad went out there and got his first finish since 2016. Now, here's the thing, man. He fights a lot. He didn't fight a lot last year. But, like, he fought, I think, five times in 2000, or not five times in 2015. He fought, like, five times in 2016 or was scheduled that many. Uh, four or five times in 2017 he was supposed to fight. And he's already fought three times this year. Hey, good on him, man. He, he tries to stay active. He tries to advance his career. He's 31 years old. Uh, good for him. This was a hell of a win. A big one for him, and he needed that finish. Unless he wanted to hang out on those early prelims forever, he had to win this, and he did. <clears throat> Otman Azatar just deaded Timu Pakalin. This is a must-watch fight. Uh, I am going to be watching Otman a lot more closely than I was. He comes from Brave FC, where he has uh, beat the brakes off of a lot of people. Uh, he's... I mean, I think he's got one decision win ever, and he's 11-0 and now. And Timu Paklin is not a scrub. Timu Paklin is a, is a completely reasonable guy to give this, to give uh, Azatar in his first fight. It was his fourth UFC fight. He's had a bunch canceled, though. He hadn't fought in a couple, two and a half years. So I, I, I'm okay with it. Give this guy uh, somewhat of a showcase fight, and that's what this was against Packlin, but not a complete scrub. He's won a fight. He won a. F- I mean, I I don't know that a scrub can end an eleven and zero undefeated streak by tapping out somebody in thirty seconds. Now, granted, I'm talking about Tibalt Goti, who has just sucked in the UFC ever since then. But Otman Azatar looked exceptional. This was a clear mismatch from the jump. Azatar walked him down, pummeled away. He was really, really overwhelming. Uh, the overhand right knockout was downright scary. Packlin was twitching when he hit the ground. Packlin has been in the UFC since 2015, only has one win, hadn't fought in two, two and a half years. Uh, he's probably gone. <clears throat> Otman Azatar is worth looking at. 
He's worth uh, watching. He's worth paying attention to. I got my eye on this guy. <clears throat> Sarah Morass missed weight. That is a bummer. But she was 5-5 five and five going into this fight. She really needed to win. And um, her record is very misleading. She was 2-1 and one on the Ultimate Fighter. Or 3-1. and one. No, no, 2-1 and one on the Ultimate Fighter because the Alexis Dufresne fight counts. But she had lost three fights in a row. This was the UFC doing her a favor. She had not won in two years. She had to win this fight or she was invicta bound. You cannot go one and what six in the UFC, one and four, one and five in her last six fights. Yikes, you can't do that, man. And she's fought some tough girls and she's lost some tough girls. Uh, Macy Chiasen, uh, Juliana Pena, Raquel Pennington, Jessica Andrade. But I mean, She's out there losing to some girls that fight at, at different weight classes. Fight at like 115 now. <clears throat> that fight at different weight classes now. She really needed this. This is a pretty complete performance, I thought, out of her. It, it was solid, but I don't know how much it means to me. Because she missed weight, and she missed weight pretty big. Uh, I, I think the world of Sarah, uh, I've interacted with her maybe probably a handful of times. Probably about as much as any active UFC fighter uh, there is, and it's well before that I, I had made any dent in, in MMA or wrestling coverage, and she was nothing but nice and, and very, very kind and playful on social media. Think the world of her based on that. And, um, she was able to stop Jojoa, who came in, her record's misleading too, because she came into the record, or the UFC with a 6 and 2 record, but she had won five straight fights and looked pretty good in Fight Nights Global. Uh, has like a 30 second heel hook and a 41 uh, second arm bar to her credit. And Sarah Morass, man, when she gets you down and she's able to, to, uh, distribute her weight well on you, that's it. <clears throat> Zubaira Tukov defeated Leron Murphy. You could, if you're Leron Murphy, you're probably not thrilled because you don't get your win bonus. But hey, man, you're defeating, uh, Tukagov, who they were looking to get back in the swing of things. Tukagov uh, had not fought. How about this one? UFC 200 was the week that Fightful launched. July 2016, and I rushed that launch because I was like, okay, we've got three UFC events. Got to launch. WWE draft. We got to launch. We got to do it. We got to get this going. Zubaira Tukagov lost a couple, about a month and a half before that. He was a big UFC prospect. He came in and was 3-0. and uh, He was 17-3 and before that, before he lost to Moicano. And then we know what happened with Moicano. The man had not fought since then, since Fightful launched. So the if you've watched hundreds, even thousands of Fightful podcasts, all those happened since this guy fought last. And you could see the cage rust. Fight was all over the place. Uh, Leron Murphy came in as an undefeated fighter who had fought in May and got this opportunity. Um, was lined up to fight Tukagov, welcome him back to the UFC, and ended up getting a a split draw uh, out of it. I mean, uh, the sweat here is making it easier to slip in and out of a lot of situations. You could do a lot worse. Um, you could do a lot worse than what Joanne Calderwood did to Andrea Lee, a split decision win. Number five, Calderwood over uh, number six, Andrea Lee. I really dug this fight. I enjoyed it. Um, 
this was the type of fight that I needed to see out of Joanne Calderwood. Uh, she needed this win, and she needed it to to get her involved in the the uh, to get her involved in this UFC title picture because it wasn't it wasn't there before. I, I don't know that they, people were clamoring for a Joanne Calderwood title fight before this. And a lot of it's based on consistency. She lost to Caitlin Chikagian, and Andrea Lee is just, she's right there near the top. Chikagian is, for some reason, fighting Jennifer Maya instead of getting a title shot in November, probably because it's, uh, it's at MSG and she's local to the area. I would imagine that's why. But other than that, I think Chikagian's probably getting that title shot. But if not her, maybe Calderwood. But since Chikagian beat her, I understand. There's an amazing clinch elbow that dropped Lee. Uh, Calderwood did appropriately call out Shevchenko after this fight and noted how hot it was in the building. You could tell the heat was affecting everything, but Calderwood didn't want any excuses here. She had said, oh, well, they're, they're dealing with it too, so what's the big deal? And I appreciate that and I admire that. But Joanne Calderwood was a woman who I expected coming into the UFC and honestly going into tough, I expected her to be a champion at 115. I expected her to run things in that division. That didn't happen. Uh, she struggled, man. And that weight cut was a big part of it. Now she was like four and three, I think. Maybe four and four in that division. She just wasn't good. She stepped into flyweight. She's three and one. With that lone loss coming to Chicago, and it was a I I mean that that's a high level opponent, man. Now she stepped into this fight a plus one ninety five. Now I think I like Andrea Lee. I think she's a very good fighter. And I get it. Lee was three and zero in the UFC, but based on what we've seen in the cage, I can't put Andrea Lee at a minus two fifty favorite over Joanne Calderwood. She's still that woman. Like nothing has indicated to me in her flyweight run that she's fallen off or anything. She stutters here and there, but Joanne Calderwood thinking a lot of her, and Andrea Lee will be back. I, I would probably do either one of those against Liz Carmouche up next, assuming Shakagan gets the title fight. How about Carlos Diego Ferreira derailed the Meyerbeck uh, Tysimov? Hype train. Amazing performance out of this guy. Uh, Diego Ferreira, 16-2. and two, And well, let's be honest, a lot of people wrote him off. He was a plus 200 underdog. He won four fights in a row. Booted Rustam Habilov out of the UFC. And people weren't giving him a shot. I don't get it. Jobbed out Olivier Aubin Mercier a couple years ago. He's a good fighter. And there weren't a lot of people giving him a chance over Tysimov. And Tysimov winning this fight on a six-fight winning streak. But I'm going to be honest. Uh, look at the people he's fought. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, 
For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He was a minus 525 against Des Green, a minus 600 against Felipe Silva. Um, he was, I think, he was a minus 315 against Hadzovic. He was a, the closest was minus 165 against Alan Patrick, who was very good at the time. Um, a minus 1200 uh, at his UFC on Fox 14 fight. And, uh, uh, like, all these fights were supposed to be one-sided. That hype train got derailed, and Diego Ferreira looked real good doing it. Now, um, I, I think that Diego Ferreira should get a, a good fight after this. I don't hate the idea of him getting a top 15 guy. I really don't. I think that would make a lot of sense. He's 16-2, and two, for the love of God. 16-2, and two, and he's 34 years old, and he ain't getting any younger. Put him in there against a top 15 guy, See how it ends up. I mean, that we're we're getting to the spot in uh, UFC lightweight in the UFC lightweight division where somebody's going to get a perceived quote unquote tune up fight. I, I don't hate the idea of him fighting Islam Makachev either, but an Alexander Hernandez, a Dan Hooker, a Charles Oliveira, a Gregor Gillespie. I don't hate that. Paul Felder ain't going to fight him. Probably ain't going to fight him. Uh, but I, I don't like. I don't hate Edson Barboza fighting him. Don't hate any of that, especially considering Edson Barboza quote unquote lost. Let's talk about Curtis Blades. Uh, oh, by the way, that that Ferrara fight, uh, that third round, that head kick was amazing. I love the urgency in his corner as well. Uh, just really, really good. Tysimov has had trouble getting in the cage. He's he's pulled from like four out of his last six fights because of injuries and visa issues and like he's just it, it's been messy man like it's he can't get in the cage and, and that's a bummer like he's he's got to stay consistent got to stay consistent so uh here, here's the hoping that he can curtis blades man this guy i'm just gonna sing his praises i get why the ufc looked at him and they said all right He's unbeaten in his last six. Let's run back the Nganu fight. But it had only been two and a half years. And these are two of your your big studs moving forward in the division. And as we see, Nganu is Blade's kryptonite. Now, here's the thing. I thought before that Nganu fight, I didn't know if, if Blades could be knocked out. Obviously he can. But it doesn't look like anybody besides Nganu's doing it. Maybe Stipe can. So, I badly want to see Blades fight Daniel Cormier, but it ain't going to happen. It doesn't... Why would the UFC do that? Why would they? But I want to see it. He dragged Shamil Abdurakimov down and treated him like a jobber, man. Like a jobber. A jobber. Abdurakimov did 
nothing. Curtis Blades is amazing. And the thing is, he is not a submission threat at all. Curtis Blades, had not only, not only has he never won a fight via submission in, in, in his pro career. I think he had one as an amateur. He's never attempted one in the UFC. How about that stat? Never attempted one. Jesus Christ, man. Shamil Abdurakimov looked like he didn't belong in there, and he did belong in there. He'd won five of his last six. The only person that beat him was Derek Lewis. He's beaten Tybura, Andre Arlovsky, Walt Harris, some good fighters. He ran through some of those guys. He he looked real good ahead of this. A top 10 UFC heavyweight. Nobody ever heard of the damn guy, but a top 10 heavyweight. And Curtis Blades abused him. Abused him. Said he could have done that for five rounds. Filthy ground and pound won this. I love watching Curtis Blades fight. I want to see Curtis Blades back in there this year. I don't give a damn who it is. I don't care who he fights. But, let's look at who he's fought. Shamil Abdurakimov and Justin Willis since... Losing to Nganu. Now, hey, did Justin Wills deserve that fight? Yeah, probably. Did Shamil Abdurakimov deserve that fight? Yeah. However, I want to see him in there against Junior Dos Santos. I want to see him in there against Cormier. I want to see him in there against Derek Lewis. Hell, I'd like to see him in there against Cain Velasquez. Let's do it. Big name. Put this young stud in there with a big name. What a great fight. Islam Makachev beats uh, Davi Ramos. So Ramos claimed that he would be a tough matchup for Habib. Huh? No, you're not. Not at all, man. Not at all, man. This is... Islam Makachev won this fight. He dropped Ramos with a big knee. I I was like, okay, Makachev, you probably don't want to go to the ground with him after that. Makachev has won six fights in a row. And looked good doing it. Wouldn't mind seeing Makachev against uh, Barboza, uh, Hooker, wouldn't mind him see, uh, seeing him against uh, any number of people at this point. Ferrara wouldn't mind that either. Paul Felder beat Edson Barboza via split decision. Ugh. I'm interested to see how you guys scored this one because I sure as hell didn't give that to uh, Felder. 30-27. Barboza has now won one of his last five fights. One win since two thousand March or April two thousand seventeen. Not great, but he didn't look terrible here. He didn't get stopped. Felder didn't look like a world beater. I liked uh, Edson Barboza in this. I mean, once it once it unfolded, I think I predicted Felder to win it, at least on our pick'em. By the way, make sure you join that and our live coverage, where we have hundreds, if not thousands, of comments all the time in these live coverages. But, 
Uh, it's just, the, the, the headbutt that happened there, uh, Felder got cracked and I sympathize with him for that and give him a little bit more credit. I don't know what Herb Dean was doing, missing that headbutt. Felder recognized it. Barboza recognized it and finally stopped things briefly, but Felder was moving forward, uh, even more in round two, trying to keep Barboza on his heels, but Barboza connected with a nasty spinning back fist. But I had this for Barboza. I had Barboza winning this one. Paul Felder, after the fight, said that he wants a big fight or else he'll retire or he'll act or something like that. I see what he means. He's got options. He doesn't have to do this. He is 35. But he hasn't finished anybody since 2017. This isn't the Paul Felder that we we saw before Mike Perry beat him. It's a different Mike Perry, or it's a different Paul Felder. Now, here's the thing: he's fighting a lot better competition. You you could argue that at least because he did he did fight dominate or not fight dominate, but he fought and beat Charles Oliveira, who was real good. But uh, I think Barboza took that one. Well, I'll tell you who took the main event: Habib Nurmagomedov chokes out Dustin Poirier, the interim champion. Round three to successfully defend that UFC lightweight championship and merge it with the interim championship. Now, I don't think that Habib had technically won one of the new titles yet, so he's got one of those. Uh, You look at Habib and where he is in his career, and it's the same place he's been all along. Unbeatable. Unbeatable right now. Now, Dustin Poirier got a little bit of offense in. I thought that Poirier uh, did good getting the underhooks in, but gets taken down and back-mounted. For Poirier working the underhooks, I don't know if the sweat in the building or the sweat they conjured up there was good for him or bad for him. Because <laughs> Habib was just able to slip right under. Drag him down. Uh, he t- Habib took Poirier's back way easier than I thought he would. And was close to sinking in a rear naked choke, but it was really just a threat of a neck crank, which he has one with. He beat Connor with one. But um, that's been his go-to submission in the UFC, outside of the double wrist lock on, on Michael Johnson, but he beat Kamal Shaloris in his debut with it, uh, which is funny because he used to win with triangles like all the time before he got to the UFC. His last three or four fights, uh, almost before that, were like triangle chokes that he was winning. But... This guy is entering greatest lightweight in history territory. And one of the only people standing in his way of that is Tony Ferguson, who we'll talk about in a minute. But round two starts, and Dustin Poirier does what he should. He throws, and he connects, and he wobbled. I think he wobbled Habib Nurmagomedov. It's hard to tell. Like, Nurmagomedov sells his punches a little bit odd. You can't tell if he's wobbled. You can't tell if he's shooting. You can't tell if he's reacting. You can't tell if he's caught off guard or if it's just standard procedure for him. It's really hard to decipher. I love the body kick from Poirier, but the smothering continued. I thought Poirier did what he could do. Did what he could do, man. Not a lot more there. So when I I look at Poirier and how disappointed he was after this fight, yeah, sure, you're going to be disappointed, you're going to be sad, you're going to cry over it, but man, yeah. 
what Dustin Poirier has done and what he's overcome and how he's battled back and he reinvigorated his career and reinvented himself at lightweight over the last four and a half years after being a, a key prospect, a key prospect at featherweight. And he made that move. And he beat Carlos Diego Ferrer, who we're talking about today. He beat Yancey Medeiros, who's a tough dude. Joseph Duffy, who people wanted wanted to fight Conor McGregor. He get, he beat uh, Jim Miller. He had that fight with Eddie Alvarez. He beat Pettis, beat Gaethje, beat Alvarez, beat Max Holloway. So we're sitting here looking at this guy who's ran the gamut of former champions. Couldn't beat Nurmagomedov. Also, he couldn't beat Michael Johnson, but... <sighs> What, what are we going to say about that? That guy just somehow beats people. We'll talk about that another day, another time. Don't hang your head, Dustin Poirier. Don't do it. Don't you dare. You're 30 years old. And I know you fought. Uh, what we know of, we know of you fighting 32 times. It would not shock me to hear it's double that. It would not shock me to hear it's triple that. And those of you who have followed his career know what I'm talking about. But the man has been in the UFC for nine years. Was in the WEC before that. And the guy has 10 performance bonuses. 10 performance bonuses in less than nine years. Beat Max Holloway twice. Has beaten Eddie Alvarez. Has beaten Justin Gaethje. Has beaten Pettis. Has beaten all those people I mentioned. Don't hang your head, Dustin Poirier. There is no shame in losing to Habib Nurmagomedov. One of the most dominant fighters in the history of MMA. Habib's able to take him down, smother. Land that choke, win the fight. Habib, who I do think, quite frankly, is a shitty person, based on some of the, the videos of him and his his relatives filming homeless people, uh, exchanges shirts with Poirier and says he wants to auction it and sell it. Good. That's cool. I like that. That should happen. I got word from Jeremy Lambert, <laughs> lead wrestling writer, saying the press conference is so cringe. We'll have full coverage of that on Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com. The fight to make is Tony Ferguson versus... Habib Nurmagomedov. And Habib said, Oh, I've had a busy last couple years. Well, kind of. You fought for the first time this year. Now. Hadn't fought in 11 months. It's Tony time. It's the fight to make. It's been the fight to make. And this, this, I mean, I'm not faulting the UFC. It's not their fault that this fight has not happened. They tried to make this fight four times in the past. Four times they've tried to make Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony. <clears throat> Let's get in a time machine. Because it's five straight years now we've been talking about this. Way back. Way back in 2015. Ultimate Fighter 22 finale. Ferguson. Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov had to pull out due to rib injury. Damn, bro. So what do they do? Five months later, we're going to run it back. UFC on Fox 19. 
Well, Ferguson gets hurt. Habib had to fight Daryl Horcher instead. Who? Yeah, okay. In the meantime, Habib beats Michael Johnson, but with not without some some uh, stares happening there. Keep in mind, uh, Ferguson beat Barboza in place of Nurmagomedov. Well, okay. They got to try to run it back again, right? No, not yet. Ferguson had to beat Lando Venata. He had to beat Rafael Dos Anjos. Then we try to run it back. March 2017. Big fight. Woodley and Thompson on that card, right? There we go. Looking like a good card. Eh, kind of. Alistair Overeem, Mark Hunt. You got Woodley and Thompson. You got you got Habib and, and Ferguson. Got a good looking card there. Nope. Habib pulls out. Weight complications. Okay. Wouldn't see him back until December. He'd fight Barboza. Ferguson would go and beat Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee had a staff infection. Kevin Lee became a champion, would never lose that title, but he would be scheduled to fight Nurmagomedov again in April 2018 when Ferguson tripped over a wire in the Fox Studios and injured his knee. Nurmagomedov Madoff instead would fight Ally Quinta for an interim lightweight championship, a vacant lightweight championship. Okay. For, uh, Holloway was supposed to fight in that. Deemed unsafe. We finally got the McGregor fight. Finally got this Poirier fight. Ferguson has beaten Pettis and Cerrone along the way. It's time to do this fight. I'm ready for this fight. Leave a thumbs up on this video, guys. Make sure you guys subscribe. Tell me what you thought of this fight. Who can stop Habib? When do you think we'll see him fight Tony Ferguson? UFC 242. Thank you guys so much. We also have uh, videos going up on the MMA channel. YouTube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. Thank you guys. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.